I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Number three, it is Ben LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Nina Marks with you for another hour. We've been spending a lot of time talking, uh, of course, uh, NFL and why not. Again, if you're just tuning in, um, let's, uh, what was that score again? Cincinnati did win. They beat the Dolphins 27 to 15. So if you had the Bengals minus four, minus three and a half, minus three, uh, winner. If you had Joe Burrow over passing yards, 287 winner. If you had Jamar Chase and T. Higgins over receiving yards, winner. If you had Joe Mixon over two and a half receive, re- receptions, winner. So um, a, a, lot, a lot to be excited about. And, and if you had all those bets, um, if you watched me on Daily Wager, I told you to make all those bets. If you had all those bets, like I did, you're heading into Sunday with house money. And that, that always feels good. Or I should say, you're heading into Saturday with house money. And that leads us right into some college football picks. So as always, I like to start with some of our, our hometown uh, football teams. And let's talk about USC and, uh, and and Tyler and Rebecca. I would love for you guys to chime in here because really, really interesting Um so USC is uh, is is favored here, um, but before we get to that, this is this is wild, right? Um, a guy put down five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to play USC on the money line to win. $12,777. I still don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand so, what, okay, what so, the motive so here's, is so, here. So here, here's, this is what this, so you, USC is favored, USC is favored by, hold on one second, uh, that was, uh, I just, I went all the way to Washington, that's their next opponent. Um, Hold on, I just want to get, I want to see what the line is right now. Um. So, so do you know what do you do you know what the money line is? Do you know what the money line means? It means that you're betting the team straight up to win. Okay, okay. So here we go. So USC is favored by twenty five and a half. Okay, favored by twenty five and a half points. What does that mean for folks that are listening right now? Maybe you're listening to the show. I don't know. Maybe you like the sound of my voice. I don't know. Maybe you're just driving home. You want to? I don't know. Uh, and but you're not a really big gambler. Okay. So what does minus 25 and a half mean? It means when the game starts, Arizona State is already up 25 and a half points. Which means USC is going to have to score at least 26 points in order for you to win this bet. That's what it means. Now, if you play USC on the money line, it means that you're saying, I don't want anything to do with points. I just I just want to bet that USC is going to win. But USC is such a better team than Arizona State. So he's having to lay $575,000 to win almost 13000 Because USC is such a better team. And the, and the odds makers laid the line down at 25 and a half points. Listen, it's money making money. It's obviously, I would imagine it's a big USC fan and the dude's got money to blow. 
and him losing $575,000 really wouldn't mean much to him. And this is just money making money, right? I mean, so let's break it down. I mean, this is a USC team. They're averaging 42 points a game. Williams and Addison, ridiculous, right? Um, Meanwhile, it's an Arizona State team. And as much as I love Herm Edwards, Herm is a very dear friend of mine. He just recently got fired. So now they're in, in, now they're in, in transition. They got an interim coach. I want to say they elevated the guy who's their defensive coordinator. Arizona State, they're not a good team. They've been outscored, um, outscored uh, 100 yards every game by their opponent. Um, four of their DBs are going to be out. Their defense ranks 107th in college football. Meanwhile, again, you've got a USC team. They put up 42 points a game. They're ridiculous. Um, they allow, they have allowed 510 rushing yards in four touchdowns already in four weeks. So USC is going to just demolish them. So it's money. I mean, I don't have $575,000 sitting around to make $13,000. And if I did, I'd probably invest it differently, differently. Something that I'm going to get a bigger. Now I'm not going to say more wisely because chances USC, like I'm 99.9% sure USC is going to win. But I mean, I would do something else with my $575,000 than put it on USC to win $13,000. Yeah, the return but, the return here just doesn't check for me. Like I, there are so many other ways. It's it's just fu money. That's what it is. Such a big yeah, risk for what seems like little payoff compared to five hundred thousand. No, that's exactly Re- Rebecca. That's that's exactly what it is. You know, but it's such a it's it's such a surefire bet. When I just broke down, especially Herm isn't there anymore. They've got coaching issues they're being investigated it's it's a mess it's a poop show it's a poop show over there in arizona with arizona state so you know there's no deny in my opinion there's no denying usc is going to win it's just how much are they going to win by right so again i just you know this is somebody who I, i would imagine has like endless money okay just my two cents (laughs) <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a big number to, to lay down 25 and a half. I don't know. Maybe I'd use, you typically don't tease college games. I don't, I, I like to, you know, I'll tease NFL games. I don't typically tease college games. It's a big number. I'd lay it. USC so good. They're putting up 42 points. I don't even know how many points Arizona state would be able to put up on USC. I would lay it if I was going to play it. It's just a lot of points. I'm just I'm not comfortable laying that that many points. I don't typically do that, but this US USC offense is just ridiculous. Um, as for UCLA, um, they're getting two and a half. The over under in this game is, is sixty four and a half. I like the under here is my play, going up against Washington. Penix Jr. transfer quarterback um, has been tremendous. This is Washington's first road game. They're really really good against the run. They're holding opponents to two point six yards per carry. And, um, and, and, and what we know about the makeup of UCLA is they're a second half team. They put up the points, they outscore their opponents. They've outscored their opponents 78 to 21 in the second half alone. So what do they do? They come out, they play good football, they go up, they come back out in the second half and they run the football, they eat up time of possession, they shut out their opponents and that's how they win football games. Well, that's going to be hard to do against Washington. Because they're good against the run. Again, they're only allowing 2.6 yards per carry. This is a defense that UCLA has not faced like this. They're 4-0 straight up as well as against the spread. And also Washington has the number one passing offense. So the makeup and the routine or the game plan or the uh, identity of how UCLA has been winning football games, I just, I feel, is not going to work against Washington. Okay, I just don't think it's going to work against Washington. So I'm staying away from the spread, but I am going to play the under <clears throat> because I think I think UCLA, I think Chip Kelly, I think they're going to try to run the football a lot. 
Um, and, um, and, and I just, I think 64 and a half is a really, really big number. I think it's a really, really big number. So, so in this play for me, I'm going to take UCLA and Washington. I'm going to play the under at 64 and a half USC. It's a big number. You know, if you want to play it because you're a big USC fan, okay, I get it. They're going to demolish Arizona state. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day, it's like 65 to 10. (laughs) So especially, I mean, you know, if, if, if that $575,000 bet to win 12.777 doesn't scream, um, blowout, then I don't know what else does. Uh, some other, some other college football games that I like on the slate heading into this week. Um, I'm going to play Kentucky plus seven against Ole Miss. The over-under is at 54. Ole Miss gets uh, their running back, Chris Rodriguez, back. He's, he's been on a four-game suspension. And this is a Kentucky team going up against Ole Miss. They're going to be a, a better balanced attack, and they're going to get that with Rodriguez because Ole Miss has a really good secondary. Uh, and, and I just feel like another reason why I really like Kentucky getting the points, and maybe the wrong team is favored here, is that Kentucky's been challenged, and they beat Florida in week two. So uh, I'm going to play Kentucky, the Wildcats, uh, plus seven. Alabama going to Arkansas, playing the Razorbacks. Alabama is favored by 17. The over-under is at 61. I'm going to take Arkansas in the points. I just think, I, I do believe Alabama wins by 7, by 10, maybe by 13. I think 17 points is a lot. Because this is an Ar- Arkansas, that's a tough venue to play at. Okay? Um, they've got a good run attack. Their run-pass ratio is 70-30, so this is really going to challenge Alabama in their run defense. And Alabama did look vulnerable against Texas. So I just think this is a big number to, 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 to put down, and I'll take it. So give me Arkansas plus 17. Oklahoma State going up against Baylor. Baylor favored by two. The over-under is at 56 and a half. Give me Oklahoma State. And I want to say, I'm sorry, I think this line has jumped up to two and a half. They've got a good defense. They arguably have the best defensive line in college bat- in college football with Tyler Lacey. They've been off for two weeks, so they've got two weeks to prep for this matchup. This is a revenge game for them. Oklahoma State, fast-paced offense. I think it's going to be an issue for Baylor and their inexperienced defense. And, uh, and, and Baylor's defense, not great against the run. And so I think Richardson is going to have a solid game. For Oklahoma State. So give me Oklahoma State plus two and a half. Uh, And last but not least, NC State going up against Clemson. Clemson favored by six and a half. The over-under is at 52. I'm going to take the under here for a few reasons. Number one, weather conditions because of the hurricane. Uh, You know, there's going to be something there. Is it going to be horrendous and and torrential? And No, I don't think so. But it's going to be something. Um, These are two excellent defenses in the ACC beaten up on one another. Clemson's got a great defense against the run. Um, they're hitting running backs. Get this dad. Clemson is, is, is reaching contact against running backs 70% of the time behind the line of scrimmage and NC state running backs. They're dealing with some injuries. So, um, and, and also I've still got some question marks about Clemson's quarterback. And Clemson is a run-heavy offense as well, which means that they're going to eat up the time of possession. So NC State, Clemson, under 42. Oklahoma State, plus 2.5. Arkansas, plus 17. Kentucky, plus 7. UCLA, Washington, under 64.5. And uh, and if I have to play it, I'll lay the uh, 25.5 with USC. Those are my college plays. Uh, we come back, we're going to hear from Dave Spadaro. Uh, He's part of the Eagles broadcast team. Eagles-Jags, I feel, one of the best games on the NFL slate heading into week four. We'll hear from him next. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN-LA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Some would say that the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens are the best game on this week's slate. I beg to differ, okay? I think it's the Eagles going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Davis Badaro, who's part of the Eagles broadcast team, joins us now uh, to break this game down. So, Dave, welcome in. How you doing? Anita, I'm doing great, and uh, I do also believe that it's going to be a terrific game. Um, probably one that when you looked at it in the preseason or when the schedule came out, you go, okay, I get the Doug Peterson coming back to Philly angle, but really are these two teams going to be leading their division when October begins? Um, and here we are, and, and both teams playing very good football. It's it's really fantastic. So before we start talking about Doug and, and, and Jacksonville and what's going on with Trevor Lawrence, let's talk about what's going on with the Eagles. Now, I've been screaming for, from the rooftops for months now uh, on Daily Wager telling folks, man, invest in the Eagles. The depth of this team, this roster is just ridiculous. So I've been, t- and, and by the way, my Super Bowl pick or matchup, Eagles against the Chargers. Obviously, not looking too good for the Chargers right now because they're so injury riddled. But nonetheless, um, this Eagles team has just been tremendous. Let's let's start with Jalen Hurts for a second, right? Like because coming in, when I said, "Oh, Eagles have a chance of winning the Super Bowl," majority of analysts out there would say to me, "Yeah, but they've got Jalen Hurts as quarterback. He's not a Super Bowl quarterback." Give us all the reasons why he has thrived so well this season. I'm going to tell you something that it, it may not register, but you really have to kind of think about it for just a second and, and understand the significance. So this is the first year since Jalen Hurts was in high school that he's had in consecutive seasons the same offensive coordinator slash play caller. So in other words, every single year he was going to offense 101 and then starting the next year in offense 101. And for the wow. first time since high school, he's in offense 201. And so you really – look, everybody who's ever been in college class understands that you have a lot more knowledge of the subject matter when you go into it for a second time. And that's what you see from Jalen, a more decisive player. Um, a player is getting the ball out a lot quicker. He is in command. He certainly trusts his eyes. He works – incredibly hard to study defenses and all of those things. And look, he's always been able to make the dynamic play with his legs. Now he's making great plays from the pocket. We've seen Detroit go after him with the blitz. Minnesota laid, laid back and, and played zone and dared him to win from the pocket. And he did that. Washington spied him last week to take away the run. And, you know, he had a huge game against the commanders. So and look, it helps to have, a great offensive line. It helps to have receivers like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, who are just sensational, a tight end like Dallas Goddard, a running game that led the league in, in ground yards last year and is still really, really effective. So, but, but, look, he's the leader. He's grown into the role, and he's been terrific through three games. And I think what's most important in it is nobody with the Eagles is getting ahead of themselves. It's only three games. They haven't played a complete game yet. It's a nice start. But here comes October. <laughs> but here comes October. Um, let, let's talk about this offense in regards to the weapons that he's working with. The addition of A.J. Brown has been tremendous. Granted, Devontae Smith really was the wide receiver that shined last week. But what A.J. Brown brings to this offense in opening things up for everybody else has been tremendous, right? 
Yeah, I mean, he's a different kind of receiver that um, really is reminiscent in ways of Terrell Owens in the sense that he's so physical. And anybody who's watched AJ knows that he creates space with his body. He's just so physical after the run, after the catch with his ability to pick up yards after the catch. Um, commands the middle of the field. So it gives, gives the Eagles a, a lot of different looks here. Can go deep, as he's shown, and is just dominant in the short passing game that he turns into big plays. So, you know, pick your poison defenses. It's, it's a tough matchup. I mean, you know, you, it, you can't double them both. And truthfully, I'm not sure that you can cover either one of them with a single cornerback. And so that's, you know, that's a beautiful package to have. And, and AJ has come in at the minute he came to Philly, you know, how Eagles fans are, Anita, they've showered him with love and affection and leaving Tennessee, which became sour for him. I think that AJ really appreciated that love and affection. And so far it's been an absolutely wonderful marriage. Dave Spadaro here joining us on 710 ESPN LA um, of course, uh, previewing what's going on with the Eagles and the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into this week's matchup. Let's take a look at the defense. Um, and, and this defensive line, man, more depth than anything I've ever seen. I, and, and you and I have had the conversation before in regard to Jordan Davis and how I think that he very well at the end of the day could be the best pick in this year's draft. We'll see how that works out. But talk about this defensive line. Talk about the depth of this team, as well as the secondary. I mean, I just yeah. I look at this defense, and it's just it's absolutely sick. So, so last year, they did a good job kind of cobbling things together. Um, they really didn't allow a lot of points. I mean, they played the NFC East, so there's a caveat there with the quarterbacks. But in 10 games, the Eagles allowed 18 points or fewer. Uh, they were able to limit big plays. What they didn't do well was get to the quarterback. They were next to last in the league quarterback sacks. And they didn't really just affect things. They didn't take the football away. And so they really overhauled the defense. They brought in Hassan Reddick as their primary free agent target. They brought in Kaiser White a couple of weeks into free agency. He led the Chargers in tackles last year. Kind of was, you know, went through the, the, the free agent, the first wave of free agency, and just just didn't get the attention. So the Eagles scooped him up. He's been terrific. They go into the draft and they get Jordan Davis. They get Nicobe Dean, who's not even touching the field at the moment, but he's learning and he's part of that depth at linebacker. After the draft, they signed James Bradbury from the free agent pile. The Giants couldn't hold on to him, and Bradbury's been just terrific. Teaming with Darius Slay on the outside, they've got a very fine nickel cornerback in Avante Maddox. And then just before the season started, they went out and got themselves a safety, D.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was a nickel cornerback in New Orleans. They've made him a safety. Uh, so they started the season with three new players in the secondary. Marcus Epps was a starter for the first time, Gardner-Johnson and Bradbury. So there, were, there was a little bit, look, the first game, a little sloppy, some missed tackles, allowed the Lions to get back into things. But in wins over Minnesota and Washington, the Eagles have been able to put pressure on the quarterback, take the football away. I mean, they've been dominant defensively. And they go five deep at defensive tackle, Anita. They have uh, gotten some just resurgent seasons from veterans like Brandon Graham, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Fletcher Cox has been a force inside. Uh, so they're off to a really, really good start. And if they can keep pressuring up front, again, it's going to be tough because on the back end, They've got good cornerbacks in Slay, who's just dynamite, and Bradbury, who's been airtight, and Maddox, who's tough to beat in the slot. Some really athletic cornerbacks, or rather safeties. Uh, Anita, uh, look, I mean, there are going to be some down moments here. There's no doubt that the NFL season is up and down and all around, and injuries are a big part of things. But the way they've been able to come together quickly on defense, it really is impressive. It is, and and when you talk when you talk to uh, owners, when you talk to general managers, when you talk to coaches, they tell you, you know, depth is such an important position, is an not a position, but it's such an important aspect to have for a team because there are so many injuries that happen uh, in the regular season, and you want that next man up to come in and you not miss a beat, um, at least a bigger beat in regard to what that player can do and how he contributes to your unit. So there's a lot yeah, being and, said there. As for the Jacks, yeah, no doubt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry, sorry no, no doubt. So it's, 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 I just want before we get into the game, I just want to say this about the Eagles. So the Eagles, um, you know, every team goes through their ups and downs. Eagles went down in 2020. 
they got right back up into the playoffs in 2021. So they're, they're a good football team. They're deep. And if the season ended today, they would have the sixth pick in round number one, thanks to the trade they made uh, prior to the draft with the New Orleans Saints, and the 31st or 32nd pick. So it is a promising present and a very bright future. Yeah, I mean, listen, let's let, let's give Howie credit where credit's due, right? Like, this front office definitely has crushed it. There's very few teams, there's very few organizations, Dave, that, that do take a lull and immediately are back up again, right? Like, it doesn't happen often. So you're absolutely right. Before we let you go, uh, let, let's, let's have a discussion in regard to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are your next opponent. And Trevor Lawrence has been absolutely tremendous. And let's credit Doug, Doug Peterson for that. 77% completion percentage, a 120 uh, passer rating. He's getting the ball out in 2.2 seconds, one of the best in the NFL. He's got a ton of talent he's working with from Kirk to ATN to Evans to Zay Jones. All these dudes run a 4-4-4 in the 40 at the Combine. Um, and so this is an offense that, that very well could stay lockstep with the Eagles. I, I, again, I think this is going to be one of the most exciting and entertaining games in this week's slate. I need everything you're saying is everything the Eagles are saying from the coaching standpoint, from the locker room, a lot of respect for Jacksonville. Uh, this is a team that believes in itself, that believes in Trevor. They believe in what Doug Peterson is teaching they have been down for a very long time. So to have the success they've had, their first back-to-back wins in like 18 months, right? So like over a 1,000 days. Um, they have been uh, an early season pleasant surprise in the NFL. And they are for real. Offensively, you know, they, they run what Doug runs. They get the ball out quickly. They'll stay with the, the run game. They'll bust some big plays. James Robinson, a good back. Uh, defensively, they've got great front seven, great speed, young talent off the edges, excellent linebackers. I mean, it is a very, very real test for the Philadelphia Eagles who understand that. I think they understand that it seems like this is a team that doesn't take anything for granted. They understand that Jacksonville's coming in here believing in themselves with a lot of talent. When you draft that high for so many years, you're going to have a lot of talent. And Doug is making the most of that talent. Yeah, there's no denying that. And on the defensive side of the ball, they forced eight turnovers this season where, keep in mind, last season was nine total. Um, you know, the, the other thing that, that that's a little concerning for me is they did play the Chargers last week. So now they were in L.A., came back to, uh, of course, uh, Jacksonville, having to deal with, of course, the effects of the hurricane, um, which has affected, of course, the Dolphins, the Bucks, uh, and, and in my opinion, Jacksonville and now having to head, get on the road again and then head to Philadelphia. So, um, but this defense, you know, n- nothing to, uh, to, to not take seriously, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they and look, they, and, and Doug knows the Eagles offense. He knows the personnel. He knows the inner workings of what these players do well and what they don't do well. So, you know, there's a lot of intrigue in this matchup. And um, uh, the, the Jag, again, when, you, when you're a young team and you know that you're, You've got nothing to lose, so you come in here. I don't, I don't think the travel is going to be an issue. I don't. I think Jacksonville is just playing with such great confidence. They went to L.A. and they shut down a very good Chargers team, and it wasn't even close. And they did it in a really impressive fashion. So they come in and they're extremely healthy. They're young. They're hungry, uh, and they are going to play for Doug Peterson. They know what this game means to Coach Doug. So uh, I believe Eagles fans will give Doug a very throaty and heartfelt applause, ovation, and then when the game starts, Eagles got to find a way to get to 4-0. No denying that. Dave, thank you so much. Dave Spadaro joining us here on 710 ESPN LA, breaking down, again, in my opinion, the best game on the slate heading into this week. Dave, thank you so much. Anita, thank you. Enjoy the weekend. Great stuff, again, from Dave Spadaro. Uh, we get back. Let's talk about some of the other uh, NFL games on the slate. And uh, my favorite, don't forget, um, dudes are in London. They're going across the pond. And there's one in particular game that I'm eyeing, uh, and that is the Minnesota Vikings and the Saints. We'll get into that. Also, let's talk a little Major League Baseball. Bring up to speed, what do the Angels, what do the Dodgers do tonight? And uh, and and look big picture here, especially Aaron Judge looking to hit number 62 
you can actually wager. Does he do it against the Orioles this series, the next three-game series that starts tomorrow? Or does he do it against the Rangers? And let's look big picture as well and some of the odds out there in, uh, in who potentially could win the World Series. So uh, we'll talk a little more NFL. Also, we'll talk some Major League Baseball for you. Uh, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks, our new show, which you can hear regularly Thursday nights right here on 710 ESPN. Once again, back to Bet LA with Anita Marks. You're going really old school tonight, Rebecca. Rebecca and Tyler are producing the show. It is Bet LA on 710 ESPN LA. If you're just tuning in, the Bengals took care of the Miami Dolphins tonight, 27 to 15. We'll get into that. Before we do, we just heard from uh, from Dave Spadaro and, and again, previewing what I think is going to be a really great game, and that's Jacksonville. <laughs> Who would have thunk? Uh, Jacksonville. Heading to uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia favored by six and a half. The over-under is at 45 and a half. Uh, but the one game that, that I'm eyeing, and keep in mind, this is uh, early, early game. Why? Because it's Minnesota and the Saints, and they're playing over in, uh, in London. I-, I love the Minnesota Vikings. And, and by the way, earlier today, it was minus two and a half. It's now jumped up to three. Get this now before it jumps up to three and a half. I'm telling you. For a few reasons. Number one. As we know, Jameis Winston has been dealing with a transverse back fracture. This is something that Tony Romo was dealing with. And, um, and, and, and of course, if you recall back then, missed quite a few games. Um, you had, uh, I'm trying to think who it was from Fox, who, was report, who reported that he had four fractures in his back. Um, like an hour before the game, two weeks ago. Uh, but nonetheless, we know he's dealing with obviously a, a pretty serious back injury. And now he's got to jump on a flight and fly to London. Yeah, that that's that's going to do wonders for him. Um, Jameis has five interceptions in two games. He's just not the same, in my opinion. He's just not the same quarterback that we saw play uh, when Sean Payton was his uh, his head coach. And so now we've got... Dennis Allen, who's used to be the defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach. It's just more of a defense. It, 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 that makes a difference. When your head coach comes from either the defensive side or the offensive side of development, it makes a difference. And so I'm just not sold on Jameis Winston. I, I'm just not. On top of that, Jarvis Landry's de- de- dealing with an injury. Michael Thomas is dealing with an injury. And let's be honest, Alvin Kamara has been a shell of himself without Drew Brees. So often, there's just something really wrong with this offense. A total of 24 points in the last two games. The Saints have eight giveaways in the last two games. At the end of the day, the only reason that they're not 0-3 is a fourth quarter 16-point comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. And really, Atlanta made some missteps in that game that allowed the Minnesota Vikings to come back and win that game. Or I should say, I'm sorry, the, the Atlanta Falcons made some, some, some really big mistakes in, in regard to um, game management and whatnot that allowed the Saints to come back and win that game. Adam Schefter was on Daily Wager with us earlier today, and he was saying that there's, there's a shot, there's a chance that Andy Dalton might start. Um, and, and if, and who knows, Taysom Hill's dealing with some, some rib issues. Does, does he come in? Does he share the load with Andy Dalton? It's just a mess. This is a Saints team. Now I'm going to share this with you. You're not going to believe this. Marinating this for a minute. The Saints have such a slow start. Each and every, they're only averaging three points per half in the first half. 
The Saints are only averaging three points in the first half. They're only averaging 130 yards per first half. So I'm playing this a few ways. Number one, I got it at minus two and a half earlier today. It's already jumped up to three. I would, I would instruct you, if you do so choose to play this game, uh, to jump on it now before it jumps up to three and a half. That's first and foremost. I'm also going to play the Minnesota Vikings, and it was minus one. Let me see where it is now since the line is moving. Yeah, it's still one. So I'm going to play the Minnesota Vikings minus one at the end of the first half, considering that the Saints are only averaging three points a half and 130 yards. And also, you know, what do we know about this Minnesota Vikings team? They're pretty explosive. Love or hate Kirk Cousins. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. He just he just never gets any type of respect. And um I just this is this is another one of my this is probably one of my favorite plays this week heading into uh this slate of games. I know we've we've talked a lot of NFL, but I have not had a chance to talk about the Chargers. Before we take a break, I do want to do that. This is a Chargers team. They're heading to Houston to take on the Texans. Both teams are one and two. The Chargers are favored by five. The over-under is at 44. And I just, here's the thing. I don't understand the five. I don't like the line. I'm going to stay away from this. I'm not going to play this game for a number of reasons. Uh, You know, even though I'm hearing that Justin Herbert is going to start, he obviously is is a shell of himself, you know. Granted, she, he it, it's kind of uh, we saw him make some really excellent throws, but yet at the same time we we saw him make some shaky throws, right? Uh, fifty five completion, fifty five percent completion percentage. That's that's not that's not vintage Justin Herbert. So there, that's first and foremost, right? Like even if Herbert starts, we know that we're not getting a hundred percent Herbert. Um, the, uh, then, then you look at all the other injuries Slater on the offensive line is dealing with a bicep injury, um, wide receiver core, of course, with starting with Keaton Allen is dealing with a hamstring issue has been at practice, but has been running on the sideline, not like practice, practicing some other guys on the off in the wide receiving core are injured as well. Joey Bosa is out because of a groin. Corey Lindsay is out because of a knee. JC Jackson is out because of an ankle. Should I continue? I, I, it's just, it's an infirmary over there. It really is. Um, I've got some major concerns. Meanwhile, for the Houston Texans, uh, they've played three close games. They're one and two, but they've played three close games. They tied with the Colts, 2020. Denver, 16-9. and 16-2-9, I should say. And the Bears, 23-20. to Davis Mills is good at home. 14 touchdowns, one interception. So again, I'm, I'm staying, I'm staying. If, if you forced me to play this game, I'd probably play Houston plus five. I probably would. Maybe I'm going to use Houston as a teaser and tease them up to plus 11. Maybe that's what I do. If I'm going, if, if, if there's a prop bet in this, I'm going to play, it's Austin Eckler. Because I'll tell you what, he needs to be everything if the Chargers have any chance of beating Houston. This week, Houston has allowed 316 explosive rushing yards so far this season. Their teams are averaging six explosive carries a game against Houston. So Austin Eckler needs to be a tremendous, tremendous part of the Chargers offense this week. Okay. In the passing and rushing attack. And they've got to be committed to running the football. So, um, so I, I'd play overs for Austin Eckler. And, and they weren't out yet when I started the show, so I don't know what they are, but I'm assuming they're, pretty, they're going to be pretty reasonable because he really has not done anything explosive as of yet this season. So I'm going to be looking at over-receptions, over-rushing yards, over-receiving yards for Austin Eckler. 
And again, if I was forced to play this, probably what I'll do is I'll take Houston and I'll use them as a teaser bet and I'll tease that five up to 11. It's probably what I'm going to do if I was to play it. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll, we'll end the show strong. Um, we'll open up the phone lines. You want to chime in? 877-710-3776. I do want to circle back and and do a deeper dive and, and get you up to speed on uh, the results for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. Again, the Bengals did beat the Dolphins 27-15. to 15. I, I do want to have the, the discussion in regard to Tua and what's out there in regard to social media, what's being reported right now. Um, and also, uh, I do want to talk some Major League Baseball with you as well. So, uh, and we'll take your calls. Again, 877-710-3776. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Oh. Oh. Welcome back in again. It is uh, Bet LA here, seven ten ESPN LA. It's our final segment, and uh, so guys, and and we've got Tyler and Rebecca, of course, who are producing the show. And I just want to circle back to uh, the the game earlier tonight, and that's uh, the Bengals taking on the Miami Dolphins. They did win twenty seven fifteen. Joe Burrow having another Joe Burrow night, 20 of 31 for 287 yards and uh, in two touchdowns, no interception, uh, walked away with a rating of 115.9, uh, QB rating 52.2. But, um, you know, uh, wide receivers, uh, you know, obviously you can argue Cincinnati has uh, top five wide receiving core in, in the NFL. T. Higgins, seven receptions for 124 yards. He was targeted nine times. He scored a touchdown. Jamar Tate, four of 81. He did not find the end zone. Hayden Hurst uh, found the end zone. Uh, He has targeted four times, had three receptions for 27 yards, and of course a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, two receptions for 47 yards. His longest was 43. You could have wagered that uh, he was going to hit that that the, the the longest reception over under at eighteen and a half, and sure enough, that hit. So, um, a, a lot of a lot of good things happened for Cincinnati tonight, but really, I've buried the lead here, and the lead is um, unfortunately Tua um, goes out of the game with a pretty severe head neck injury, and. So, and there's a lot of talk and speculation as I'm sitting here and I'm hosting the show and I'm watching Sports Center and I can see obviously the video that they're playing and, and the conversations they're having. And also in the break, Tyler and Rebecca and I were going online, we're, we're going on our social media, our, our second screen, and we're following what's being said on social media. And guys, I mean, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty evident, right? Like the majority of folks on Twitter, on social media, uh, really lashing out at the Miami Dolphins. And granted, listen, we don't want to, we're not sitting here trying to speculate. We had David Behrman on the show earlier tonight. He even came on and he's like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here going to, I'm not here to speculate and, and call the Dolphins liars. But when you look at the video, okay, this is opinion, right? Uh, when you look at the video in regard to um, the game against the Buffalo Bills last week and how Tua went down and how he got up, and then, he, and then he, his knees buckled. He didn't grab his back. He didn't grab his neck. He shook his head, trying to shake it off like we do. I, I've had concussions before. I'm not sure if you two have had concussions before, but that's what you do. You, you try to shake it off. Went in into the locker room, came back out, started the third quarter, played. Apparently, the NFLPA is investigating how that all went down. And then this happens tonight where he goes down another vicious hit, hits his head. And then, and then, you know, has a, 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 a really awkward body reaction, fencing, whatever it's called with his hands. Right. And, um, and, and so, and so what's the latest now? Because I know at one point in time they were reporting, I think David even said that he was going to leave the hospital and fly home with the dolphins. But, yeah. I I I have not seen that on social media, and I'm not hearing that either. Are you? No, I ha- and I have yet to see any anything relating to an update on Tua. You know, he he leaves the game on a stretcher, immediately gets taken to the hospital. Within I would say an hour, 
we're told that he's expected to leave the hospital and fly back with the team, which anybody who saw Tua go down and saw the reaction to the hit that he took would not expect for anybody to leave the hospital that quickly, let alone travel with the team anywhere else. So, yeah, I, we're all kind of in a state of limbo right now. We're, we're obviously being told that he's expected to leave the hospital and travel back with the team. But no updates this far into the evening. Uh, it's odd. It's really odd. And I haven't, I've never had a concussion before, thankfully. But whew, it's concussion protocol. You know, the NFL has done so much over the past few years to protect the players especially with the findings of CTE studies and the impact um, you know, of CTE on players while they're playing and then long-term impacts. Uh, you know, The goal here is to protect the player, and they're constantly making changes to helmets. They're constantly making changes to rules. People have gotten frustrated with the NFL. They've said the NFL's gone soft because they're constantly throwing flags now when it comes to roughing the passer or just plays that they feel are you know not in the best interest of the safety of the player they've they've really locked down on the helmet to helmet contact rightfully so but you see players take hits from other players and their reactions are far less than what we saw from Tua tonight as far as you know what the eye can see now obviously internal is a whole different conversation but as far as the eye can see Tua's reaction to the hit that he took tonight, there's there's just no way that somebody, anybody, would be able to comfortably leave the care of a hospital same evening after experiencing a hit like that, after experiencing an episode like Tua experienced after the hit. It just doesn't check out. It doesn't make sense. And for us to not have an update this far into the night post-game, for us to just be left in a state of limbo of... He's expected to leave the hospital. He's expected to travel back with the team. Where are the updates? You know, they they know that everybody is hanging on a thread right now as far as what's going to happen with Tua. We're all, you know, prayers up for Tua. We're all keeping Tua in our thoughts. But we need answers, and we're not getting them. Yeah, and, and, and I would imagine that the Miami Dolphins organization, you know, obviously very concerned for their player, but, but also... Um, you know, uh, and, and again, I, I mean, we're sitting here and we're speculating and we're assuming and, but you know, ba- I, I guess the point I'm making is based on what I saw happen against Buffalo and then tonight and seeing everybody's reaction on social media, everyone feels the same way I do. And, and I would imagine that you guys, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Absolutely. that, 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 I, I, I'm speculating here, but I don't believe that the Miami Dolphins were on the up and up, you know, based on, on the series of events could be, could be totally wrong. I mean, it's Inve- just it's inv- investigation, deduction. investigation could happen and we could be totally wrong. I, I just don't think I am. And so, um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, as I, I told David, um, you know, the next game is against the Jets and, and a very interesting week for the Jets because Zach Wilson comes back. He had the, the knee injury, so Joe Flacco's been starting for him. So he's going to be back, uh, and he goes up against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, of course, uh, chances are, I, I would imagine, that uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, excuse me, is going to get the start for the Miami Dolphins uh, the following week uh, in New York against the Jets. I will be, I, I mean, Tyler, I will be shocked Shocked, shocked is generous. Infuriated, I think, is more accurate as far as the protecting the player mentality goes. Give the man at least a week off. At shocked. least a week off. Shocked. I'll be shocked if if uh, if um, Tua suits up and plays against the Jets the following week. Only time will tell. I only I know we only have about three minutes left in the show, and I, I do want to end talking some Major League Baseball, which, by the way, um, you've got a Dodgers. They took care of the Padres 5-2, and the Angels did beat the Athletics 4-2. So Otani now at 15-8 with a 2-3-5 ERA. 
Um, but let's talk about Aaron Judge for quick, for just a quick second, right? Because we know he hit 61 he did it. last night. They were off. They were off tonight, and um, but they have a, a three game series kicking off with the Orioles tomorrow through the weekend, and then they end the season against the Rangers. And everybody's waiting for Aaron Judge to hit number 62, which, by the way, whoever catches 62, hopefully something because nobody caught 61, um, they tried. Uh, they were not successful. But whoever catches 62, that ball's going to be worth a, a ton of money. But you could wager that he's going to hit 62 against the Orioles in the Orioles series at minus 275. What does that mean? You're laying $275 to win 100. Or you can bet that he's going to hit his 62nd home run against the Rangers at plus 350. Now, keep in mind, it took him seven games to go from 60 to 61. But here's a little secret for you. I was at the Giants Monday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys, and I was at a tailgate party with some, I'm whispering, right? Do you hear me? I'm whispering now. So I was at, <laughs> I was at a tailgate party with some Yankee players, and they were telling me that Aaron Judge has his own personal batting coach outside of the team's batting coach. Interesting. Who joins him on the road on occasion, and he went to Toronto. And they were telling me that the series after his hitting coach comes and works with him on the road is when he goes like bonkers. Mm. And he just and he goes on a tear. Interesting. Right? I did not know that. Well, I don't think a lot of people that's why I'm whispering. I don't oh, think oh, sorry, I, keep I don't <laughs> is that even allowed I don't even think a lot. I'm sure I'm, it's got to be it's, it's Aaron Judge yeah. it's Aaron Judge I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's like Tom Brady having his own personal TB12 trainer right. yeah, have his own it's office probably under have, the team umbrella but specifically right have, for having his own office you know at the uh, at the Patriots facility right until until Bill Belichick said no you're out and then Tom said yeah and I'm out too but nonetheless, I know we have less than a minute for the show, so I just wanted to share that with you. Um, Aaron Judge, his own personal hitting coach, met him in Toronto. So if you've got that kind of coin, minus 275 that Aaron Judge is going to hit home run number 62 in the Orioles series. That is how I would roll. Hey, guys, I appreciate you as always. Tyler and Rebecca, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Bet LA. A lot of information. We're getting you ready for, of course, the weekend and the week that's coming. So, uh, so hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, good luck, good gambling, and uh, we'll be back next week right here on 710 ESPN LA.